Sometimes you can see the dark clouds forming on the horizon, and I feel that now is one of those times. There have been periods in the past when bubbles have formed, and too often we've realised too late and found ourselves picking up the pieces after the carnage has unfolded. What usually happens when a bubble bursts, though, is that riskier assets like shares plunge in value. And that's kind of half expected when you invest into those things. It's a known quantity. Shares can sharply fall in value. They can also rebound quickly, too. But what if we're talking about assets we believe are rock solid? Money that shouldn't be lost. Because if it is, the whole financial system could be shaken to its knees. Well, if we're not extremely careful, that could be what we're on the precipice of right now. And before we know it, we could be asking, why do we never learn our lessons from the past? These comments from the Bank of England last month might have gone relatively unnoticed, but they were enough to spook me, especially considering the type of investor behaviour I'm observing at the moment. Some senior bank officials have called for money market funds to double their liquidity buffer. And a liquidity buffer is an amount of ready cash that an institution has at its disposal to be able to pay back money that it owes. And quite simply, if liquidity doesn't exist, that forces a fire sale of other assets to raise money, usually at a loss, in order to pay back what's due. Now, worryingly, money market funds currently hold just 30% of their holdings in assets that can be liquidated within seven days. And it doesn't take a genius to work out that that's not very much for something that's supposed to provide you with immediate access to your capital with 100% security on your pound. What's even more worrying is that these funds have attracted hundreds of billions of dollars of investment this year alone, enticed by more attractive interest rates than we've seen in a long time. The total value of cash in money market funds across the globe had swollen to $5.6 trillion earlier this year, and that will undoubtedly be higher now. That's up from $2.6 trillion a decade ago. It's more than doubled in 10 years, with much of that being added in 2023. The Bank of England is understandably concerned about shadow banking risks posing a threat to the financial system. And rightly so, because it was shadow banks that contributed heavily to the failings leading up to the 2008 global financial crisis. I'll come back to that shortly. But if you're not aware, shadow banks are institutions that use the money markets to raise money in order to buy assets with longer term maturities. And they include hedge funds, brokers, mortgage lenders. And what they do is raise money at a lower percentage in order to invest in assets that pay a higher percentage, pocketing the difference as profit. Now, this commercial paper, as it's called, which you can think of as kind of short term corporate IOUs, is what can be found in a lot of money market funds. And this, in turn, makes the money market fund itself a shadow bank. It's performing the function of a bank by providing a short-term deposit facility to the public. The difference with a shadow bank is that it doesn't offer any of the protections that a real bank would offer. In the UK, the Financial Services Compensation Scheme would cover the first £85,000 of your deposit if the banking institution failed. In the US, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation protects qualifying accounts up to $250,000. Money market funds don't qualify for any of this. They're classed as investments and not deposits. And yet the money continues to pour in from people eager to earn a few extra hundredths of a percentage point. What could possibly go wrong? It's not like liquidity concerns have reared their head in the past. Oh, no, wait, there was Lehman Brothers. But that was a long time ago. We haven't had any other warning shots recently, apart from the Bank of England having to step in last year when pension funds had liquidity calls on their underlying assets. In March this year, 
Janet Yellen, the US Secretary of the Treasury, stated her own concerns about money market funds. She said, if there's any place where the vulnerabilities of the system to runs and fire sales have been clear cut, it's money market funds. She went on to say that the financial stability risks posed by money market and open-ended funds have not been sufficiently addressed. That was on the 30th of March. Once again, this is what we've seen this year alone through to the end of August. $720 billion invested into money market funds. More than double the other 13 categories combined. We have to ask ourselves, is this starting to look like a bubble? And what exactly does Janet Yellen mean by stability risks? Well, a brief trip through history can tell us a lot, and we don't have to go back too far. September 2008 and Lehman Brothers has just gone under. The $62 billion reserve primary fund was heavily invested in Lehman debt, and it broke the book. That is to say, its assets fell below the value of its shares. And that meant that people who didn't pull their money out straight away would lose some or maybe even all of their capital. So investors rushed to pull money out of the fund, and that meant it was forced to sell its most liquid assets at a loss, which then led to further redemptions. This is what happens in a run. It's a snowball effect that creates an avalanche of panic. In the space of just a few days, 40 billion of the fund's $62 billion of assets had been redeemed. But as is often the case when panic sets in, the run wasn't just confined to the reserve primary fund. It created a knock-on effect on other money market funds to the extent that $369 billion of investor money was pulled out in one week alone. The major problem that that created was that the funds had to sell their assets, including asset-backed commercial paper, at a loss. And because the funds themselves were previously the biggest buyer of that short-term debt, the market dried up. There were no buyers. Companies and banks that relied on that steady source of credit couldn't access it. The contagion spread to mainstream corporations, and that started to create some serious risks. This is exactly why the Bank of England are worried about the 30% liquidity buffer in money market funds. And so they should be. In 2008, the US government stepped in as a guaranteed buyer in order to stabilise the financial system. There's only been one other time that money market funds are known to have broken the book. The other being in 2020 at the outset of the pandemic. But that turned out to be a brief crisis. Government stepped up then as well. But what's going to happen next time? There have been plenty of near misses. In 2012, the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston found more than 200 instances where operators of money market funds injected money into them just to ensure they could pay investors 100% of the money owed to them. And that was before they bulged to the size they are now. I don't think there's any way those companies could meet the scale of redemptions they'd see in a run without state support. The problem is that the Dodd-Frank Act, which was created in response to the global financial crisis in the US, specifically prohibits bank bailouts by government, which ultimately become the burden of the taxpayer. What the Act does is pave the way for bail-ins, where banks can effectively take excess depositors' funds above insured limits, i.e. the $250,000 FDIC threshold, and use that money to save themselves. The result is the same for the bank, the difference is that the burden rests on the bank's customers instead of taxpayers. Can we really be sure that a run which starts in money markets won't create this domino effect that ends up crippling banks? And some people might think, well, that would just be a US problem. Well, I wouldn't count on that. 
We already know from bitter experience that what affects the US affects everyone. How much government support are we likely to see next time around? Surely there's a limit to the level of indebtedness a government can sustain. It was only in June this year that US Congress managed to push through a deal to raise its debt ceiling in order to pay its bills. And not to a specific number either. They've literally just kicked the can down the road until January 2025 after the next presidential election. We then saw one of the major credit rating agencies, Fitch, downgrade US debt in August this year over fears it wouldn't be able to meet its existing obligations. If money market funds implode, how much more capacity do you think there will be to assume more debt? I think we may be getting to a point now where governments just say, you're going to have to lose some money, especially when that money's been put somewhere out of your own free will. Even though a lot of money market funds invest solely in safer government debt, that's still not 100% safe for all of the reasons I've given. But prime funds, which invest into corporate notes with higher returns, are less safe. And judging by the fact that they've attracted $200 billion in new money this year alone, it makes me think that people don't realise this. These funds were popular leading up to 2008. Will we ever learn from this myopic behaviour? The signs are all there, and they're not good. It often doesn't take much to start a chain of events that can lead to disaster. It could be something as simple as a sudden drop in interest rates, which makes short-term cash less attractive and sparks an exodus. Something that could happen when terminal rate is reached. That's likely to be very soon, as I explained in my last video. The worst thing is that when stock markets crash, as long as the companies you hold survive, values can always bounce back. But when cash is gone, it's gone. My suggestion would be to think very carefully about where you hold your cash. There are no safety nets in money market funds. You can use them, but be aware of this and don't overexpose yourself. Look at what they invest into. Spread money around protected deposit institutions like banks and building societies up to compensation limits. Diversify and use different asset classes. Check out the useful links I've put in the description below. And as always, I hope that's been helpful, guys. Stay safe out there and I'll see you next time.